Well, the University of Canterbury Musical Theatre Society has performed around 80 productions over its 50-year history, and many of those involved on and off stage are about to gather for a reunion to mark this anniversary. Past members of MUSOC include singer and lecturer Judy Bellingham, jazz maestro Tom Rainey, and more recently, actor-comedian Brinley Stent and composer Duke Luke DeSoma, who was our guest on the Laugh Track recently. One of the first productions was Cinderella and the Fairy Odd Mother, penned in 1972 by a young Philip Norman, who of course has gone on to have a respected career as a composer, conductor and educator. There are some cracking photos of the show on our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash standingroomonly. Well, I spoke to Philip and to one of the reunion organiser, organisers and former MUSOC director, Cam Stewart. Philip explains how he got involved in MUSOC's early years. Well, I came down as a student in 1972, uh, and uh, they had just the year before uh, Musoc had put on something called a, a well, it's a Hoffman concert, I suppose. Um, Gerard Hoffman, the cartoonist who used to do these wonderfully um, funny uh, cartoons, and a wonderful character called Petty Kubark, who was the 21st but illegitimate son of Johann Sebastian Bach. And so that concert was sort of based on the Tom Fulry's zany uh, take on classical music. The following year, they, they um, repeated the exercise, uh, which I was involved in, um, but we got a little more theatrical in it. And uh, then um, the following year, uh, encouraged by that, I uh, very timidly um, said, could I write a piece of my own? And um, they said yes, and um, Cinderella and the Fairy Oddmother uh, was the result, which is a spoof on, obviously, Cinderella. And uh, then that, um, well, can I say, lowered the tone of music activities <laughs> quite nicely. Uh, and for the next um, however many years, uh, it was a, a breeding ground for new musicals. And that uh, was really what uh, what was the primary focus through the 1970s. Reading about it, the purpose was to really encourage people to try out whatever they wanted in musical theatre, like yourself, writing or performing or technical or backstage. The energy must have been fantastic, Philip. Oh, it was wonderful. And uh, uh, with all due respect to the university, I grew fond of saying I, I really learnt my trade at the Nymash Theatre rather than in the lecture halls of the university, uh, uh, which was partly true um, because there was uh, so much going on, uh, rubbing shoulders with all sorts of disciplines. It was a wonderful liberal arts and creative arts uh, experience for us all. Keith Lewis, who um, went on to have a terrific career, uh, and probably still is in um, London and operatic uh, things, was our original Prince Charming, along with Judy Bellingham, who was Cinderella. And um, Karen Grills um, actually had her first conducting assignment the following year with Stiff Luck for the Undertaker. She she turned out well, Philip. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, I like to have a feel that I um, had a, a great part in Karen's success as a conductor by giving her her first job. <laughs> so, um, yes, yeah, illustrious alumni and a, a, a lot of very interesting, talented people going through at the time. Yeah, I should mention more recently Tom Rainey too. Um, Indeed, one of jazz really, well, yeah. um, just a few years after me, in fact, he uh, wrote the score for a wonderful original musical, the name of which escapes me, unfortunately, at the moment. But yes, indeed. 
Cam, I want to bring you in here. You sent me some fantastic statistics. I'm a big fan of statistics. <laughs> so over those five decades, there have been a surprising number of productions mm. put on. I mean, it's been a very active um, organisation. Absolutely. Music has always really been, a, I guess, a pillar of the cultural life at the University of Canterbury. We started off doing sort of one show a year. Um, by the time we've sort of moved into, say, the late 2000s, early 2010s, it was up to two. At some points, it's been three. We're lucky because we have so many people who who want to get involved, who who really value the, what this this extracurricular thing can bring to their lives and bring to their study as well. So, I mean, is it the majority have been written for the group or by members of the group? Probably about half as we were looking back. We've had, in the last sort of 15 or 20 years, it's predominantly been shows that have have amateur rights available for them. But as Philip was saying, certainly through the 1970s, 1980s and the early 1990s, it was predominantly original music, original scores, original scripts. And Luke DeSoma brought that back a little bit in the mid-2000s with a few really wonderful original productions. You've got a few that were written that haven't been performed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm astonished that a llama ate my passport didn't make it. I know, it sounds like an absolute literary masterpiece, yeah, it doesn't does. it? Yeah. <laughs> you still got the score somewhere. It's yes, not they too do. late, Cam. <laughs> this should be my my um my contribution. I should bring out some of those scores and see if I can get them made somewhere. That'd be great. Not too many have been repeated. What are a couple of the more popular ones? Um, some of the most popular ones have been Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, which of course was made famous by a Dolly Parton and Burt Reynolds film. There's sort of been one production of that per generation, really. There was one in the uh, the 1990s and 2011, and again in 2020. Some of the original productions have been done a few times. Um, Stiff Up the Undertaker, as Philip was mentioning before, um, again, 70s, 80s, 90s. Cinderella and the Fairy Odd Mother. I think that, that was twice. Revival? That was maybe twice, 19, in the, uh, both in the 1970s, I believe. There you yeah, go, and Philip. Seven in the Dark also. Uh, and Seven in the Dark, yes. To, to get three productions, I think, from memory. Cam, is the idea, I mean, you're clearly, you know, really enthusiastic about this too, is the idea still really to have fun, but to give people an opportunity to try things on stage or behind stage or to write, you know, it's still a facilitating energy and creativity? Absolutely. It's societies like these where people sort of get their start and, and sort of find their find their love or rediscover their love of, of music or of, of performing. It's often as you're sort of coming into towards the end of high school and the start of university, maybe the things you used to do would take a bit of a back seat. Then maybe you're in a new city, um, you want to try something new, meet some new people. And this has been one of the ways that we've got some really incredible performers coming through MUSOC, people who have rediscovering their passions and wanting to get back into things. Philip, are there people you're particularly looking forward to meeting at the reunion? Well, not seeing who is on the list, uh, I have an open mind and uh, enjoy seeing whoever turns up. <laughs> it sounds like uh, something you would... The 30th anniversary, we had a, a huge turn-up from the early uh, crowd there um, uh, from the 1970s, early 80s, so hopefully uh, some of them are still living uh, and um, I'll see them there. It feels like you remember this time actually really fondly. People used to say the school days are your best days of your life, but um, not in my case, no. Uh, university days, uh, particularly spent in the Niamash Theatre, were the, well, can I say they're the best days of my life? Uh, I'd like to say that. In fact, I will say it. There you are. The reunion, came. you've been working very hard on this. What are the, the numbers looking like? And, and um, many of the big names coming? They're looking pretty good. 
most of our events are, are pretty full, so that's really positive. We're hoping for a for a good turnout. So when you're talking about events, what are the sort of things that you have planned? Some of the conversa- I guess the conversations that you're hoping to have and the meet and greets? That's always going to be the highlight, isn't it? The being able to, to reminisce and, and meet some of your forebears. Quizzes, dinners, we've got a sing-along plan because, of course, you can't have actors um, without a sing-along. And there's going to be plenty of times to have a look through our archives and, and reminisce with the people that you got to know very, very well for a good, good uh, long period of time. The, I mean, you had variety shows, Cam, you've had cabarets mm. and these full-scale musicals as well. I mean, does anything does anything go if someone comes with a good idea and there is the energy and the will to do it? Pretty much. Yeah, there's been uh, all sorts of shows that have been that have been pitched. So I was um, I was lucky enough to be working on, on quite a few of them. I think 14 was <laughs> you know, of various sizes over about seven years or so. So I was really, really lucky. And like you say, there's a, a wide variety of things. There was about five or six full-scale productions. We had a choir briefly. We had a we had lots of sort of cabaret shows and, and glee club kind of things. Yeah, pretty much anything goes. I think one of the ones that will always stick with me is um, my version of The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. It was a great show. It was a, a wonderful performance. But I think the most enduring thing is that, of course, our season was stopped by the 2011 earthquakes. Mm. We just had our third or fourth night. It was going really well and then all of a sudden that was it everything sort of changed one of the really cool things that came out of that though is um, a lot of the people who were involved in that show and our show prior the cinnamon um, were some of the driving forces behind student volunteer army so a lot of us got together got out into the streets of of Limwood or Avonside and started digging silt and I was in the the contact center um, distributing people so yeah it's it's definitely shaped who I am do you think it shaped who you are to an extent Philip too um, one, one of the most interesting things is the number of married couples that emerged from the Musoc productions, and I include myself amongst that. Uh, so there was uh, a fair bit of room for socialisation and um, relationship development, as well as uh, developing musical talent. Oh, what was your love story? Uh, well, there was this chorus girl uh, in there whose name was Alison, and... Uh, uh, I told her her high G's were too loud and so the next night of the production when it came to the climactic high G's the entire chorus didn't sing it so there's this very loud silence where a high G should have been <laughs> and uh, I thought oh gosh I'm going to marry somebody who's got the nerve to do that so there's my love story. Philip Norman and Cam Stewart. Musoc's 50th reunion is on at the University of Canterbury starting on the 7th of October.